Maccabee and Daniel 6 most of the night tonight. Daniel 6. Daniel got thrown in the lion's den. Everybody's heard this story probably? Even the kids in Sunday school class. We're going to bring out something a little bit different tonight, and maybe. Actually, you've probably heard it all before. It's just my job to bring to remembrance what you already know. Um, in Daniel 6, King Darius had just taken over. Everybody know the story? Anybody know the story? King Darius had just taken over. He was a new king. He, he put into power 120 princes over the kingdom. There were three, or three presidents over the princes to keep them in line. One of them was Daniel. Daniel was preferred. It says in verse 3, it says, Then this Daniel was preferred above the uh, presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. So the king was looking to put Daniel over the whole thing, over his whole kingdom. He was going to put Daniel in charge of, of all these other men. These other men didn't like that too much. So they started looking around for things. They started poking around in Daniel's life, in, in his private life, as well as his public life, and his life as a president. They started poking. How many of you, if you're a president, you live in a glass house? Everything's out there for the public to see. So if they could have found something wrong with Daniel, they would have. They searched high and low, though. They looked for something to bring charges on Daniel with so that they could, they could bring him on charges in front of the king and, and keep him from going into power. But they couldn't find anything on Daniel. We're going to skip up to, to chapter 7, or to verse 7, I'm sorry. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes and the counselors and the captains, the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save, save of thee. So they're saying, except you, king. If anyone asks any other god or any other man a question, a petition, if they praise anyone else besides you, O king, that's what we want to do to him. It says, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing. Let me stop right there for one second. So a den of lions, it said they put a rock on, on the den later on. So I'm assuming this is like a cave that's down on the ground. It's a picture I draw on my head from this. And they have lions down there. They've got them down in there somehow. And they drop men in there when they don't have any use for them anymore. They throw them in there. Then they put a rock over the hole there. And, and the lions take care of their problem for them. So it goes on to say, Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be changed according to the law of the Medites, and Persians, I probably didn't say that first right, which altereth not. So they can't change this law. Once the king says this, says that this is the law and he signs the signs the, the deal, signs the paper, it's a done deal. It can't be changed again after that. Wherefore King Darius signed the writing and decree. So King signed it because that sounded pretty good to him. No other man can come to anybody but me for 30 days. That sounds pretty good, guys. I'll go ahead and sign that for you. So that goes on to say. Remember, Daniel was favored, though. And Daniel went before God and prayed three times a day. All the time he went and prayed three times a day. It says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed. So Daniel knew that this thing was in place. He knew what his future looked like. He knew that he was in trouble if he did, if he did these things. If he still bowed down to God three times a day and prayed, he was going to be in trouble. He knew what it looked like. He knew those lions were big. He knew the threat of it. You get this? He knew what reality showed him much like we are today. We see things. We see what the tangible looks like. Pastor Leonard kind of hit on this last night. But we see what the tangible looks like, but that shakes our faith a lot of times. Shakes our faith in God. It says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house 
and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God, as he did aforetime. So just like he always did, it didn't change Daniel what he did. It didn't change what he did just because he saw a threat on the horizon. He saw that the lions looked big. He still openly professed God was his God. He still openly prayed to God. It says there that he prayed and he gave thanks. Anybody ever looked at that word thanks up in the Greek? That word thanks in the Greek means praise. So he wasn't just going to God and saying, God, save me from these lions. God, do this. God, do that. Do this for me. He wasn't just doing this. He was going there and he was, he was praying to God. There's time for that supplication also later. There's time to ask God for things. But there's, he, he went there three times a day, it said, and praised God. Just praise God for being God. Thank you, God, for all that I do. Thank you, God, for the breath I have in my lungs. Even though something may look bad, I may feel pain. I may see lions outside. I guarantee you no one here is going to be in this crowd being thrown into the lion's den, right? They may take our house if we don't pay a bill. We may be sick, but we're not going to be fed the lions, right? Our kids may be sick, even something like that might be going on. So no matter what it looked like, he still openly professed God. He still openly praised God. Praised God through everything. He praised God through the valley. Doesn't matter what's wrong, he still praised God. And a lot of times we need to be praying like that. Instead of asking God and telling God what we need all the time, be praising God. Getting this? Mm -hmm. And we're praising God, and then be led by the Spirit while we're praising God. The inward witness that we have? While we're praising God during our prayer time, imagine that if we would get down on our knees three times a day and praise God, and be led by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And if the Spirit leads us to pray about something, we pray about that thing. If the Spirit sees fit to lead, to, to lead us to pray about something. And the Bible says if we pray and it's in God's will, He does hear us. It, does, it, it, it will change things. So if we did these things, Daniel didn't change his routine in any way whatsoever, no matter what the carnal looked like, no matter what he could see with his eyes, no matter how afraid he was or what he felt. He didn't stop and think about it and say, let me run this past my mind real quick. He didn't do that. He stayed in tune with God. He kept praising God. He was led by the Spirit. Praise God no matter what it looks like. You may not have a lot of food in your pantry. Praise God. What's that have to do with your praise? There was a lion outside waiting on Daniel. What that have to do with his praise? It didn't stop him. You maybe have lost your job. Praise God. What's that have to do with your praise? Your family may not be going right. Hey, I buried my dad. Praise God. You still should praise God anyway in all things. Not because of what he's done for you. Let me ask you this. Do you pray over your food after you ate it? Do you do that? We don't do that. We thank him before we do it, right? Yes. Same thing, we should be praising God all the time when we're praising God. It says he inhabits the praises of his people. And if he inhabits his praises, if we get that little goosebumps we get on us, those little feelings and things we get on us, right? God's there in our midst. Then we get God involved in, in what our problem is. God inhabits the praise of his people and we're praising him all the time. And we get God involved into our, our issues that we have. Things will change. Things will start to look different. You will live a life unlike most, most people don't live a life like that. Where they can call on God and he hears them. Are you getting that? We have to praise him through everything. Amen. What kind of relationship would we have? What kind of relationship would I have with you, Stephen? If every time I saw you I said, hey bub, you got a 20? Can you run me over here? Can you take me over there? Can you take me downtown? Can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Can you take me over there? Hey, can you wash a little laundry for me? And every time I saw you, all I did was ask you for stuff. 
kind of relationship would we have if I never did anything back for you? Not just you, I'm not picking you up, but you get what I'm saying with this. This is what a lot of us are doing with God. We want to ask God for everything. We want to stay on Him. We want to hound Him like spoiled rotten kids. Mm -hmm. If your kids come to you all the time and all they do is ask, 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 and they never say thank you for this, Dad, or thank you for that, Mom, if they never do these things, you going to feel like giving them anything or giving them much? Kind of the same thing with God, isn't it? What kind of relationship do we have with all we do is ask in the man? The number one God, the number one thing God wants is intimacy with you, is fellowship with you. Think about that. That's how he made each and every that's why he's not how he did, but that's why he made each and every one of us differently. He made me different than you, Crystal. He made me different than you, Dave. He made all of us different. Because he wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us. Right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All he wants is intimacy with us. He wants us to have a relationship with him, to talk to him, to come to him, praise him. That's what he made us for. He made the, the angels first. The angels didn't have a free will, though. They had to praise him. They were made to praise him. That's what they were designed to do. We have a free will. He gave us that will. God, not, God, God doesn't want any of us to lack for anything. But if we would praise him and we're out showing love to other people, I think he's the keys to a lot of things that we're missing out on. If we're praising God through everything, through the lack, through the things that we think we need that we have to have, God will provide all my needs according to his riches and glory, his word says. Um, let's go back to verse 3 there real quick, though, before we, before we go any further. <clears throat> verse 3 says, because an excellent spirit was in him. What are they talking about right there? An excellent spirit was within him. In the Old Testament, now since Adam sinned, the Holy Ghost went back to heaven with God, right? So they didn't have the Holy Ghost living them in the Old Testament. So they're talking about Daniel's spirit. Daniel's spirit was within him, and it was an excellent spirit because of the relationship he had with God. I have another scripture there for that. 1 John 4.16. Let's read that real quick. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. What's he saying there? Anybody real quick? Kind of open this up a little bit tonight. He's saying, we know the love that God has for us, and we believe in the love God has for us. The next line here says, God is love. God isn't a power that possesses love. God is love that possesses power. He's love through everything. You can't take the love away from God and separate those things out. It's, one, it's all in one. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. And God in him. You think that might have been the excellence that they saw on Daniel back there? Because the love of God turned Daniel's life around. Now, I don't believe the Holy Ghost lived inside of Daniel at the time, but he was a prophet. They could have came on him. The Spirit would have came on him at times to let him tell them about dreams or whatever he did then. But that excellent Spirit was because of the love of God. And that love of God, I believe, shined through Daniel. And he's, he's here for an example for me. He's an example for me. So if I'm out here showing people God's love, unconditional love, Unconditional love. Not, not I'll do something for you if you come to church tonight, Crystal. Mm -hmm. Or I'll do this for you. I'll take you over there if you do this for me. Or I'll do this for you if you do that. You getting this here? If if it's unconditional love, and I just do it for you because it's out of the goodness of my heart, because of the love that God showed me. God showed me love, and he showed me mercy. Because I was a wretched sinner. I was on my way to hell. I was lost, and I was dying, and I was headed to hell. And God turned me around, and he showed me love. And because of that love he showed me, I could show you love. Are you getting this? Mm -hmm. You can show other people love because the love God gave you. Does that make sense to anybody? Are you with me? Mm -hmm. So because of the love that he gave you, then, then 
uh, Daniel could show love to them. Daniel had an excellent life. He had an excellent record, track record, as far as work goes. Um, we're going to skip up here to 14 now. So he was praising God and he was showing love to people. How powerful is that? If we're praising God three times a day, try that out. Get up in the morning before you go to work and praise God. Get down on your knees for a few minutes and say, God, I just want you to know I love you. Thank you that I'm alive today. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my kids are healthy. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you've showed me mercy. You chose me to be in a relationship with you even before you formed the earth. Thank you for that, God. How simple is that? That's all it wants out of us. He wants that intimacy with us. He wants that relationship with us. If we skip down to chapter four, or to verse 14, it says, Then the king, when he heard these words, first, I, I missed the part here, First in chapter 10, it says Daniel went ahead and praised God anyway, and Daniel went ahead and prayed anyway. Then these other men, the, uh, the, uh, who they were? the princes and the other uh, presidents, they went to the king and said, Oh, king, didn't you sign this decree? Didn't you sign this law that says anyone who bows down to anyone else besides you, oh, king, they have to go in the lion's den. Didn't you do this, king? And the king said, Yeah, that's true, I did. And then it goes on to say, Then the king when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the, till the going down of the sun to deliver him. So this king went out there and he tried everywhere he could figure out to try to figure out how to, to take that law out of effect. <clears throat> Guess what? It didn't work. No way he could figure to take that law out of effect. The king couldn't save him. It was up to God to save him. A lot of times we do the same things. We try to work and we try to do things our way. And we try to do the best we can do to, to change things up. But we need to rely on God. Then these men assembled unto king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of uh, Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king establishes may be changed. <laughs> Nothing may be changed, he's saying. That you, that you signed, king. Then the king commanded, they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. I think this is more like a question, though, if you read on down into here, though, because at verse 18, the king's, the king, it says the king, then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting, neither instruments of music were brought before him, and it slept from him. His slept went, or sleep went from him. So he couldn't sleep all night long. He didn't have the women come in and dance for him and stuff like he usually did. He didn't have instruments playing. Now you've heard fasting and prayer go be coupled together. Those two words be fasting and prayer be coupled together before in the Bible. When someone prayed, you notice the king here didn't pray though. God wasn't his God. He fasted. There's another way that fasting comes in. Fasting can be used when you grieve. When you grieve someone, when someone dies in your in your life. Or you lose something that's close to you. A lot of times you'll fast. You may not call it a fast, but I didn't eat for two or three days when someone passed away, right? This is what happened to the king here. He, God wasn't really his God at this time just yet. But he was getting ready to find out that he was. So he went in there and did what he could do. Then he, then he was just sick about it. Because Daniel was his favorite servant, servant. servant. Daniel also had served more than one king. He served several kings down through the lineage. None of the other servants had because Daniel had that excellent spirit about him. They couldn't find anything wrong with the way Daniel did it. He did everything to the best of his ability. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste 
unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a laminate voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? You notice he said Daniel served him continually. The king knew this. How do you think the king knew he was serving him continually? Everybody was watching Daniel. Same way everybody's watching you. When you tell them I go up there to Grace Family, what do you think they're doing? They're watching you. They're watching the way you live your life. They're trying to find things wrong with the way you live your life. They do it to me all the time. They try to find the, the, the things wrong with the way I live my life. And not that I'm perfect by any means. I'm sure they can find some on some days. But we have to be striving to get better all the time. We have to be doing the best we can for God. So was your, your God that you serve continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. What do you think about that right there? He's been in there with lions all night. He says, O king, live forever. He threw me in here, but live forever. He's not distressed. Daniel has victory. Victory through his praise. Are you getting this? Because he's praising God, because he's praying to God, I imagine he laid up in that lion's den and praised God all night. What more could he have done? What else would he have had to do? Laid there and prayed to God and praised him all night long. That's all they could do. He had victory through his praise, though. He had victory over the lions through that. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouth, that they, they have not hurt me. For as much as before him, innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, I have done no hurt. So he's done nothing wrong to God, and he's done nothing wrong to the king. But you notice the first words there of verse 22 says, My God. He's telling them who his God is. You may be the king of this joint, and I may be the president, but my God is the one that saved me. My God is the one who did this. You couldn't save me, king. You tried until dark the other night. You laid there and didn't eat. You did what you could do, but you couldn't save me. My God is the one who did this. He's letting the king know who saved him. He's giving God the glory. We need to give God the glory. We need to praise him through the valleys that we're in. When things look bad, when we, should, when, we, when we feel like we have the right to be laying around murmuring and complaining. Instead of doing that, we need to be praising God through it. What's it going to do you any good to complain to me anyway? I can't change anything. Or complain to anybody else. They can't change anything. You need to be taking your issues to the one who can change things. The one who can, who can save you. The one who can fix everything. Instead of complaining to him all the time, praise him. If your kid comes to you all the time, Crystal, he's always griping. And complaining, what do you want to do? You just feel like just slapping him sometimes, huh? <laughs> yeah? But if he comes to you and he's thankful and he's a good kid, and then he asks you for something, what do you feel like then? You're a lot more, you, you bend over backwards to give that kid what he wants. How much more would our Father in Heaven give to us if we have the mindset to do that? How much more would he give to us? I want to have, I want to have everyone come to the altar tonight, but first... Let's think about what we were just talking about here, praising God. And not coming down here and asking God for a bunch of stuff. If the Spirit leads you to ask God for something, ask Him for it. By all means, ask Him for it. Always follow the Spirit. But let's just come down the altars for a while and praise God. Can we do that for a while? Can we give God five or ten minutes just to praise Him? And thank Him for what He's done for us? There's a time when you come to God and you ask Him for things, like when we do the prayer requests and things. But there's a time at home in your own prayer life 
in your own prayer closet, when you go in and you shut the door in private, or wherever you pray at, that you should just pray like this, and just ask God to accept your praise. 